Hello, and welcome back to Socially Distance, and Happy New Year from the Socially Distance family. My name is Al Manorino. My my co-host is dying, apparently. Uh, that's your the, the dulcet tones, the choking sound of someone drinking a whiskey out of a Yoda cup is Mr. Bill Bodkin. Bill, what's going on? Happy New hey, Year. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, we didn't take off this year. Uh, we decided we really wanted to just, uh, work every week this year. Al won't. I will. But... We are on season three. Yep. We are on episode 90. And uh, we're starting, of course, what we do best, a review series. And uh, it's the book of Boba Fett. And we've got two special guests with us. Uh, two returning guests. Two returning guests. One of them is about to hit that special five-time uh, membership, which we've yeah, never look- uh, actually fully documented. We just had Cat and Cole on a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is number four for him. Uh, it's uh, our favorite Washington football fan, which we can't say that for much longer, uh, cause they're going to change the name. Not because he won't be around anymore. They uh, say the King of bangers and buffs, Ben Murkison, buddy, happy new year. Can't wait for this meaningless football game between us on Sunday. Oh man. Yeah. That was nice. Was that like a force choke at the beginning there that you had going on? Or was no. that just our teams and their seasons? I think that's week 18 in general because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for anyone. Listen, it doesn't matter for me, the winner of the Pop Break Fantasy Football League. Yes, congratulations. 15 years. Lucas B. Jones, our editor, messaged me the week before. I want to play you because I know I can win. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Day. Congrats, but, Bill. Congratulations. I, thank you. Uh, and yeah, I think also, I ended up on fourth. Yeah. You lost to someone who a month before the playoffs was in dead last and made the yeah. comeback for the ages. So <laughs> mm-hmm. congratulations to Amanda. You know, Kimmy Sokol. Congratulations. Hey. One day she'll be on the podcast. If, I don't know if she likes pop culture. Um, and, um, and, and Ben, regards in regards to you almost hitting the five timers club, look out for your jacket in the mail. It's going to get lost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, making it. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're hand sewing it. Hand sewing it. <laughs> it's hand gonna take a while. It. It's gonna. Yeah. It's gonna be a while. Uh, me and my daughter. She she knows how to knit now. So it's actually just a Dwayne Haskins uh, Washington football team jersey. Oh man! <laughs> Have oh. you seen that? They're still very expensive. They only marked them down like forty <laughs> percent. It made no sense. I'm like, why did you give them a goodwill? <laughs> they made them. They only made like fourteen of them. I mean, come on, guys. Um, it's crazy because I saw like. I saw an authentic uh, Lundquist Rangers jersey in TJ Maxx for nineteen dollars. I'm like, people actually want this. Why, why are they selling Dwayne Haskins he jerseys for, for like seventy dollars? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and then uh, joining us uh, from deep in the heart of Texas, also representing the NFCs, about the team we do not talk about. It's the Vulcan <laughs> football. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you remember her from our Cowboy Bebop episode. She's the general manager of Mission Pro Wrestling. Amanda Rivas, what's going on? Hi, guys. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, I knew I was going to get hate from my team, but you know what? We're just not going to talk about them. I know. I know. Inside, though, you know, I still love them, even though I'm going to I'm still upset about this past weekend, but it's fine. It's fine. I was like, oh, here they come. OK, it's like it's 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 the playoffs now or it's about right yeah. on schedule. Yeah. Are right they are they in? Are they, they in? Are like, right. I, I, OK, <laughs> it's funny. I know this is a Boba Fett podcast, but we have to talk about this because it, it kind of dro- drove me nuts where they were very mediocre kind of the whole year and just slid in. Like they at the end of the season, they're like, you know, we should play. 
Like we should start playing football or something. It you was very that, irritating to watch. It, it was like the, the it was the like, reverse. It was a reverse Cardinals. Yeah, the <laughs> Cardinals like, were just ah, we're gonna suck this year. Yeah, the oh, Cardinals wow. just took. I was like, I don't oh, even know God. what's happening right oh, now. But no idea. I I have to say my expectations. I'm just. It's very stressful being a fan of this. The team that we do not talk about. Yeah. Um, because it's basically me being kind of angry most of the season and then hope peaks up a little bit. And then I'm like, what am I doing? And then they, it's like, yeah. And this is right about on schedule for them. So I was like, okay, my hopes are up. And then, oh, okay. It's about yeah. the, the time for the cycle. Eventually you'll just be dead inside. Like the rest of us. Yeah. That anger point is like opening day. Yeah. And then we're just like, all right, listen. I, uh, I feel like, do y'all remember Mad TV? Yeah, date myself here. Yeah, yeah, that lowered expectations. That's the theme song that I have going on. Oh, that's that's <laughs> the, NFC, that, the, the NFC East theme song. division. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much. Well, just, we just now we just song. gotta get. We should just get Marshall on now and just be like to have the whole like yeah, yeah. talk over because none of us were huge fans of that first Boba Fett episode. Brought it back. Great job for me. Uh, but uh, I was just gonna say. But we're not here to talk about the NFCs. We're talk, we're here to talk about the, the book of Boba Fett. I think we will we will talk. Uh, I I guess like with this year because there's so much coming out. I'm sure we will so much. talk like Peacemaker. We're gonna have a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think is Game of Thrones coming out in January or uh, the House of the Dragon? Yeah, House of like the Dragons. I think yeah. is coming out here. It's too much, soon. man. It's too much. Came and Tommy also, is like next month. I'm so excited for that show. And then what? there's the new new episodes of The Witcher right now too. I know. Season. There's too much. I'm, fin- I'm trying to finish trying to finish MacGruber right now. Pam and Tommy's like around the block. Yes, be on Hulu. I want to watch that so too. Good. Pam and Tommy looks amazing. It looks incredible. <laughs> you know, and what like living through oh. that too is going to be interesting. Yeah, I remember ben, that whole thing. Ben is uh, Ben's got one that he's got a a fire was lit under him today. Why is uh, that, my friend? Yesterday, I was so excited. I, I don't know how I missed it, but New Year's Day they dropped the trailer for Series Six of Peaky Blinders coming out. So yeah, that too. I'm I never I'm beyond thrilled for that. I know you guys. I don't think anybody's ever talked about it in a podcast episode for the site, but uh, but I'm obsessed I, with the show. So I, I have I have loved season one, and I can I, I always can never get past. I always get <laughs> all two episodes three of season two, and then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I have other things to do, and I never go back to it. That's happened three times where I've had to rewatch season one, and then I'm like, all right, here we go, and then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta I gotta work or wrestling's on. But a show we did watch <laughs> is the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Uh, no, I know it's going to be tough because it's it's a, a great group that we have here and we're going to go on tangents. But we do want to stick to um, talking about the first two episodes of the book of Boba Fett, which is the uh, latest Disney Plus Star Wars series, uh, a direct spinoff of The Mandalorian, the first Disney Plus series that is uh, about to embark on season three, uh, I believe, at the end of this year. We don't have a date yet at all. Um, it's still I think it's going to be the end. Of, it's going to be like normal time. I think yeah, November, right. December. I think I think at the end yes. of this season we're going to get some sort of teaser uh, for the the new. I mean, that, it would just make sense if they did that. Um, but yeah, Book of Boba Fett, first two episodes. As Bill kind of alluded to, the um, you know the first episode aired uh, New Year's Day week, whatever weekend, whatever. We didn't record that week, so we kind of lumped them both together for these two. So um, a, a ton to go over, but let's just. I'll start it right at the beginning of like, what were your expectations, you know, once they announced the end credits of season two of The Mandalorian that we were getting, the Book of Boba Fett, they didn't specify series, movie, whatever. What were your expectations going into this 
um, pre-trailer, pre any of that, just saying, oh my God, we're getting a Boba Fett show. I will start with Mr. Ben. I mean, for me, and kind of the way that I looked at it from like the trailer, I honestly thought it was going to be kind of a darker, grittier version of like Mandalorian, like kind of without Baby Yoda. So there's not like that cuteness factor to it. So I thought they had like a lot of avenues they could explore with him trying to basically take over Jabba's, you know, vacated throne. So I was expecting something dark and gritty. Um, and so far, I know we'll talk about it, but I feel like it's more lighthearted than even Mandalorian is up to this point. There's more jokes and there's less, I guess, like a threat or like an overwhelming sense of uh, this could turn into something violent. So I'm a little surprised through two episodes. Interesting. Uh, Amanda, expectations going in. My expectations are really high. I think especially um, after watching Boba's episode on The Mandalorian, that got my my expectations up here because to me that episode um, really set the tone for Boba as a badass and what we were looking for, especially given in the original trilogy, how he was portrayed as kind of this badass and then had the lamest ending <laughs> or the lamest kind of like, oops, whoopsie daisy here. I fell in this, you know, kind of got knocked in the Sarlacc, you know? Um, so having him come in in that tone set, my expectation was high. I was thinking it was going to be that same vibe where you're going to have the action. You're going to have Boba as this tough badass coming in and just like, here I am. I'm sitting on Java's throne. I'm going to rule with an iron fist kind of thing. Um, so kind of like what Ben said to you, that kind of that darker, edgier, that's what I was, I was looking forward to is just Boba just coming in and kicking ass. Um, so that was my expectation going in. And I know we're going to talk about this, you know, a little bit later, but it it is the direction it's going in is definitely surprising to me as well. I have mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. We're going too much. But no, we'll, get it, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, Bill, expectations going in. Space Sopranos. That's what I thought, man. Space I thought, Sopranos. That's what I Love thought. That. I think we're getting some gangster shit here. Like we're gonna we're gonna get in. He's gonna take over job as Lair. You know, I was a big Boardwalk Empire fan on HBO, and that was all about a guy coming in to basically becoming a gangster. I don't know if anyone else liked that show, but me because it was yes, yes. yes. Yeah. is also. <laughs> exactly. I, I that's why I like the first season, and I'll eventually get into season two. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. I was like, and with Favreau writing it, and I know Favreau's love of crime genre. I mean, he did Made, which is one of my all, all-time favorite, like, kind of like sleeper films. And uh, I know he's involved in Sopranos. And you hear Robert Rodriguez, is, who we've interviewed on the PopBreak.com. Guy has been steeped in crime stories his whole career. I'm just like, yeah, this is a, this is a slam dunk, man. That's So my bar, and then given the production value of The Mandalorian, I'm like, yeah, this is this is going to be this is it. So my bar was very high for going into this. Yeah, um, how about you? I feel the same. I feel like, you know. I think like what Amanda said. Like once you saw the Boba episode, you know the return of of him and um, how much of a badass he was. Like what we've dreamt about for decades of like, will someone do something with this character? I mean, like as long as that they've been doing reboots and, and uh, prequels and whatever games and stuff, people have been looking for a live action Boba Fett, something, right. Cause they know that character is just like prime to, to do something with in a fun, cool way. And there was rumors as far back. I remember when, when Disney announced like the new trilogy, there was rumors of a Boba Fett movie movie. Movie, yeah, and I'm so glad that that did not happen because we get our 
our, our own series um, and more time with the characters. So my ex- expectations were pretty high and uh, you know, we can just move on into episode one. I mean, did it live up to it? I don't know. Episode one was just like, I kind of the way I felt about episode one of the Mandalorian where oh, it was, it, listen, think about that first episode of the Mandalorian. I have Mandalorian didn't get hot until like three, four. I mean, the best part of that season, uh, that episode one was the, uh, it was actually, was it the episode two ending with when you, the baby Yoda reveal or is that episode one? It's episode one. So, one yeah. so, so that's the best. That's literally the best. I think the best part about it. Um, there is you can you can make arguments against it, but like I think Mando's starting slow too, and that's why I I wasn't like oh man this sucks. I just felt that like all right we're getting you know part backstory of how he escaped the Sarlacc pit and what he what he's been doing in the time since, and then at the same time we're getting this parallel story of him trying to take over uh, for Jabba um, and and is it Biff Fortuna? Um, great great name by the way. Um, I yeah I I was like this is this will be interesting they'll do something good with this but it wasn't like oh my god this is what I've been looking for that was episode two and we'll get into that um yeah so just general reactions uh, for episode one um, did you feel the same did you feel differently I'll start Amanda how did you feel about just um, going into that first episode with those ex- expectations being super high. I really liked how they handled the the uh, how he got out of the Sarlacc. I thought that was really well done, yeah. and it was a a nice little Easter egg throwback. I almost felt like it, and it's been a while since I've read this story, um, but it, it kind of took me back to um, I think it was what ninety six when the story came out, but it was a barb like that. And if you haven't read the short story, um, it basically talks kind of again kind of same scenario where we're but was in the Sarlacc, but he, he establishes this mental connection in a way with the Sarlacc. So it's, mm. it's kind of an interesting, do you remember that? I know. Though? And as soon as you said that, I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. I totally forget this. So, existed. Yeah. so people, other people have said that this episode is canonized that story. Cause it's a star Wars legend story. From what I can recall, it was in the book of short stories. Oh. Um, so I thought that was a nice little, I, I liked, and I appreciated that little Easter egg. And I thought that was really well done. And it was a, it was a sound way to get out of the Sarlacc. Um, I felt like it was, I, I kind of figured that episode one was going to be more of an intro setup in terms of explanation of here's how kind of, here's how we got out of the Sarlacc. Here's what, what he's been up to. Um, and now here, we're going to go into present day. So I really enjoyed the present day scenes more so, although I did appreciate kind of him hanging out with the the, the Sand Raiders and, and that kind of, you know, the Tuscans and that kind of thing. But I felt like that dragged a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. I wanted more present day. Um, I wanted more Fennec. And I love her. Me too. I love her. I mean, Me too. I just out of, the, out of the park, that's, I'm exploring that as another cosplay idea because I just love her. Oh, um, totally should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love her. Um, I wanted more of her. I did enjoy the fight scenes, and I also found it interesting about the, him relying so much on the Bacta treatments as well. I, I felt like I think for me it was it was a little different watching Boba be more vulnerable mm-hmm. than he was in Mando because I feel like in Mando again you didn't really see him struggling in fights. But again, he he also had the element of surprise. So maybe it would have been different if he ran straight into uh, the stormtroopers or they knew he was there. Um, 
but watching it, it was a, a little bit of a different side of Boba that I didn't expect. And that somehow he was more of an honorable character, which you don't really get that vibe in the original trilogy. He's in it for the money and that's where he's at. So I kind of had to wrap my mind around all these different things because I'm like, well, where's the sense of honor coming from? Why does he care or stay with the sand people? Um, and just, it, it, it definitely was a different and, and, but I also want to say that I think it's an, it's either in the same short story or another short story where he has to rely on the back to treatments because of the extensive damage he got in the Sarlacc because he was there Sarlacc for nearly a thousand years. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't think I read that short story, but I remember all this somehow. Yeah. But then I go back and forth on that too, because in the stories it's, well, he's been there for nearly a thousand years, but then it doesn't seem that way here in Boba. It seems like he's been there in a much shorter time. Frame. Yeah. It's like five days. years or something. Right. Right. What's the time span between, between the um, return of the Jedi and Mandalorian, isn't it like only a few years after the fall? Of, I don't know if it's five. This is less than that, so it's it's, it's I feel like it that. happened like a week later or something like that. That's it's not, what well, I thought too. No. season two, the Timothy Oliphant thing. It's is, not less than that. It's more than that. It's less than that right. when he's coming out of the Sarlacc pit, but when he's getting yeah. the treatments, right. yeah, that's what I mean. It's, we're past. Yeah, yeah, I know you. Yeah. So um, it's it's yeah. definitely interesting seeing that those are all the different pieces that I was putting together. So it, it mm-hmm. went a little slower paced than I thought. Um, I did love the whole thing about the guy, the assassin getting blown up by the rocket on the wall. I cracked up so hard. That was that pretty great. Thing. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want more of that, please. Um, <laughs> that was a Rodriguez one right there, man. Yeah, have, that was a Rodriguez have, spot. <laughs> I have so many, so many thoughts. I love, I love that you're such a fan of Fennec because I feel like with him taking on this new, because remember like what of the original trilogy, Boba Fett was, he had like five lines. He stood the background. As you said, as you said, he was a background guy. As you said, he had a very shitty death. Um, <laughs> he's, he's front. He's front and center now. He is a main character. He's taken off the helmet. He's not like first season Mando, where you barely see him without the helmet. Like he is a full on character. Whereas almost Fennec is taking the role of Boba Fett in the sense of like, I'm just cool. I'm just chilling. Like, let me know what you need. I got it. Like, she's such a badass, and I'm such a fan of that. I will say. And we can talk about this when we get into episode two more. But looking back after seeing the second episode, getting those, getting that longer introduction with the Tuscan Raiders makes episode two like so much richer in the fact that like he went from literally a, a prisoner to um, you know this hero to them and uh, an equal to them, and it it gives uh, such a familiar part of the star wars universe their time to shine that they never had they've always were just like these tuscan raider guys that were you know uh, but didn't like tusk like mando season two episode one was literally their redemption story yeah yeah uh, that's true we get a little bit of that but i feel like like, with, like with, john, i feel like john favreau really feels really bad. likes the tuscan raiders yeah. <laughs> he's just like let's just really like, tuscan let's raiders make them feel good. like they're good. those prequels really did them dirty they, you know they're torturing poor anakin's mother to death a little bit yeah. a little, little redemption they had to make up and I, he's and like Terrible. i love them i love how in this one they're like there are other tribes like we're not just yeah. like all together <laughs> they're not all like us like we're not yeah. all <laughs> assholes <laughs> like, right yeah, um, that is but, the best piece of it because you're like, how do I separate like these people that did all this terrible stuff from the group yeah. that's supposed to be 
you know, I'll just throw like, a line in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Ben, I would love to hear your, your thoughts. So expectations, you already talked about going in. How did episode one feel to you? I mean, it sounds to me like I feel the same way about it, you know, as Amanda and everybody else. Um, obviously, you want to see the Sarlacc pit escape, and I feel like they did that really well. Um, Thank you, Patton Oswalt, by the way. Yeah, I was going to yes. say an exact yes. reference, like Parks and Rec, like way to, you know, go oh, man. it. Like you just brought it. But He's got to end up in one of these yeah. soon. My God. It's it, like and you, you can't not. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if he's a secret cameo. I've been looking. I've been looking it up because I'm just like, so yeah. But well, I mean, they brought in. I mean, you have Matt Berry uh, as um, Rodriguez, robot. Yeah, yeah Rodriguez. He's done a couple. He's he's two of the mm-hmm. cameos, isn't he? And yeah. Hamill will probably be in it because he's always in it. Yeah. Hamill always has a season. We know it or not. Now, yeah. do you guys think? Uh, totally segueing, but it's still related. Do you guys think that Harrison Ford will show up? No. There is a rumor. There's a rumor that he spent five days in London filming for Boba Fett because in, if they're, if they are canonizing <laughs> the stories, hi, if they're canonizing some of these stories that were not canon before, I think it was another, I'm trying to remember the name of the story and I'm, let's see if I can Google it really quick. Uh, the last one standing, there's that story where there's a, an older Boba faces off against older Han. Ooh. Are we going to have that? I don't know because again, oh. it's five or whatever years past. Like they'll what? have to do what they, they did. They de-aged. For... They de-aged Mark Hamill. If they can they do it for Mark Hamill, yeah. They did... No, they did de-age him, right? But I'm just no, trying to think, where's that story? Because like he would have to run into him somewhere. There is a episode it's, two it's... did bring on a character that kind of is a little bit of a. I mean, it could be a random, you know, Wookiee, but uh, we'll uh, no, it's not. It's not. I don't, at least I don't think it's a random Wookiee. I yeah. think I think I know where you're going with it, and we'll go. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do feel. I I did read that. that. It'd be cool if he showed up. Although Harrison Ford is a lot less like gung ho about enthused projects yeah. than I feel like Mark Hamill would be. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We'll see. But, but Ben, yeah, your your thoughts on the yeah, you know, thoughts on the episode. Um, I agree with all of it uh, that we talked about. I, same thing with Finnick. I feel like she's underutilized as of right now. She just kind of has the best lines. There's very little dialogue, but she has all of the best lines so far through two episodes, um, especially like in episode two. But sticking with the first one, um, yeah, I, I do feel like it was a little bit more slow moving. Uh, I get where they were, you know, having to kind of establish some of the stuff with the Tusken Raiders and, and show that story. I feel like they could have done it maybe a little bit faster and less, you know, detail and dragging it out as much as they did to kind of get the same thing. Um, I think like everyone, we want to focus more on the present day um, than we've gotten to this point. Um, I do think it's funny too. It doesn't seem like anybody's really giving Boba Fett the respect that he probably thinks he should be getting. And maybe some of that is the fact that like, you think anybody's joking about, you saw how he went out, right? Like he just kind of accidentally got knocked into the Starlight pit. And he's still getting his ass kicked today. Like in episode one, he's really beaten down and he just kind of fires a, a rocket to take a yeah. guy out but he's he's very weakened um and he doesn't really have a reason for people to necessarily fear him off of anything i guess than you know reputation that he might have earned at some point so it's a weird place to kind of find him um through episode one and you know moving into two i have to i have to disagree with uh something you said al shock shocks um the the big issue I had with this episode, I talked about it on TV break uh, at length about that, this episode, which is a podcast you can find on the Pop Break TV hub of podcasts, uh, which I do with Alex Marcus and Josh Sarnecki. Um, I, I felt like 
Mando episode one, season one was you established the tone of the, the series. You established what it was going to be. This was going to be a space Western. You had that amazing action set piece where he goes into that fort. And he's basically with the Taika Waititi robot. And they're like, all right, we got to shoot our way out of this. And it's like crazy action. Boom. Big <laughs> reveal. Baby Yoda. This broke all of the rule. I think it failed as a premiere because one, it didn't really set a world. It didn't have any big hook moments. Like, for example, if they had somehow incorporated the Jabba twins, just what I'm going to call them, and the the dark Chewbacca, the black haired Chewbacca, if you had brought them in and that's how you kind of ended, he's like, we'll play it out. And you go, duh, duh, duh. And that's the credit. You're like, oh my God, there's Jabba twins and another Chewbacca. Like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next week? Instead, we focused like all on this kind of like avatar storyline where it's just like, he is saved by the natives of Tatooine and he goes native and look what he learns. He learns how to be a good guy. And it's like, why are we making him a good guy? Like, why are we trying to humanize him? Are we just trying to make him another Mando because he's on Disney plus and we always have to have likable heroes? Because to me, I want to see like thinking like gangster film, gangster TV series. I'm like, Oh, What's going to happen is everyone's going to gang up on him. He's going to get the sand people to help him out. That's why this is happening. But I feel like that's not what's happening. It could. I could change. But I feel like it's just like we're trying to humanize him more. And we spent way too much at episode one in the past. They had the unenviable task of answering the question of how he got out. And they spent way too much time on that. You had to have a balance of saying what this world he's coming into instead of just like, oh, he wants respect. Well, he's going to rule respect. He straight up murdered Bib Fortuna. He kills everyone. All Deserves. of a sudden, now he wants respect? All right. And then Fennec is just like, hey, what's your decision? I don't agree with it. Doesn't feel earned. We barely get any establishment. That major domo scene was trash. I hated that guy. I hate that guy. I'm like, well, just kill this guy off. He is awful. Um <laughs> And it failed as a premiere. Now, episode two, I think, made up for the sins of episode one. And if that had been a, if they had done an episode one and two concurrent release, I think people would have had a different opinion of this series. And I think, I think they do now. What are you going to say, Ben? I was just going to say, like, on that little note, the you know, sparing the lives, if I had to look them up, but I guess Gamorreans, but green pig-booking humanoid creatures, That's they were actually, to me, the, the best characters in the first episode, like, actually seeing them, like, fight. Because usually just seeing them, cool. like, walk around and be kind of stupid. And, and then you know, die. They're jumping in there with, like, knives and getting crazy. Like, they were more entertaining than anything else that I saw in the first episode. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Bill, I, I'm not going to disagree with everything that you said, because that would just be normal. Um, it would be. It's okay, <laughs> it would be normal. I just, I, I feel Water that a lot of your, alcohol. a lot of your concerns don't match up because when you're going into the Mandalorian, we had literally no fucking idea what the show was to be about. Like sure. we literally put that first episode on, and they had to set the tone, and they had to introduce these characters, and they had to do all these things because we were blind to it. We had no idea what they were doing, right? And that's why that surprise at the end of season of uh, episode one yeah. hits you so hard because you're like, holy shit what does this mean? Like, and we kind of had a very WandaVision-esque 
feeling of Mandalorian of like, what are they going to do with the show? Especially when you get through that season and some episodes feel one off and some feel like they're a part of a bigger storyline. This is completely different. These characters have been introduced literally in that show, right? So they don't have yeah, to. Introduce, I get that. They don't have to introduce them. They have to introduce no, the the no, why, just, right? The exactly. why is the is the main thing. That's my that's my thing. I was like, I'm saying it broke all the rules of a premiere because it's like yeah. even Game of Thrones by season two or three, we knew who everyone was, but that mm-hmm. first episode was always like, boom, out the gate. We're setting up yeah. stories. We're doing this. We're doing that. And this didn't really set up stories. It answered a big question, but it didn't give us a lot of the world that the whole trailer is based on the world he's going into. And we got like next to nothing on it, except the great Matt Berry, you know, robot who's obsessed with executing people. Yeah. I, I, I also feel that, you know, for they need to do this, this Tuscan Raiders story. They need to show, they need to show him become something because we know him as nothing we know him as a like killer we know him as a bounty hunter right and cool i mean that'd be great for like a video game but at the same time it's like we need to care about this guy in some way because then what's the point like what's the point of the show it's just watching cool action sequences great i could do that with like force unleashed like i could do that at any time if i wanted to i could throw on that one episode of mandalorian with him in it we have to give a shit about this guy and that's like that's really the main part and i love again after that first episode i was like all right excited to see what else they do going into that second that that finishing that second episode i was like this is fucking great this is great because now i not i i really give a shit about this guy and they are just like they're really just like in this world like like they know star wars better than fucking george lucas knows star wars at this point um and we talked about that too and on the second season of mandalorian like filoni and favreau um i swear to god I, I when i saw the name of the director i'm like who is this because he just made one of the best star wars things i've ever watched from like uh cover to cover like that was such a great episode well, i want to get into episode two right now um you know, we're not talking like um, actual plot developments and we're not going to read off Wikipedia like we normally do. I'm not gonna uh, but yeah, gonna this w- in this second episode we're you know, um, the, the we're getting these dual stories, right? We're getting how Boba comes back, you know, when oh, we okay. see him in the when we see him in um, Mandalorian, you know, in the full like samurai garb, right? Like, how did he get that? And then on the flip side of that, we're also seeing who hired the uh, assassins to, to kill him and uh, Fennec. So let's just real quick talk about episode two. I know this is a weird format for this podcast, but um, I'm really excited to talk about this because I just I like literally want to shut this computer and watch this episode again. I love this so much. Uh, Amanda, comparatively, how did you feel about episode two? Give me some favorite moments, things like that. I enjoyed this episode better than episode one. I mean, I am entirely in agreement. Uh, it definitely had a different tone. Um, I popped when Santi or I, I can never say his last name, right? Black Curacent, Black or BK is what a lot of people mm-hmm. call him. The two, the Wookiee. We'll call um, him BK. BK. Yeah. He, he showed up. I was like, that has to be BK. That has to be BK. And 
I'm like, are we going to get a, uh, yeah, I'm here like <gasps> when that happened. And then of course, when the Hutt twins show up, it's like, oh my gosh, that was such a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that we get a BK, if, if even if it's not BK and Boba, although that would be great because it's bounty hunter versus former bounty hunter, you know, that would be kind of a, a, a dual fit. But I could also, I would also be happy if we saw BK go up against Fennec. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I would and to see who would come out, who would come out on top, because with somebody of BK's caliber, I mean, just to see Fennec go to that would, yeah, I would be like, um, we got a little bit more of her, which I was, I was happy about again. I, I want more. Mm-hmm. I really want more Fennec. Um, I, and I kind of feel like in this episode and I, I, I'm getting the tone that she was, she's kind of channeling the Boba that was in the original trilogy. That, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She's like, she's inherited that mantle where she mm-hmm. is, she is the Boba. The, the OG Boba in, in, in a sense. Um, and I think she's definitely going to be key to keeping, uh, keeping him on the throne. He won't be able to do it without her <laughs> at no, this point. Ab- absolutely not. I don't think so. Um, no way. I, I also appreciated the kind of the interactions with the Tuscans more and the train um, kind of the train story. I thought that was a really neat, and it, it makes you wonder are the actions he's taking with that whole segment, are they going to come back and haunt him? Because I thought that was cool that they brought um, this kind of the whole spice trade and, and, and I forget the name of the particular people that slipped me in the kind of slipped in the pikes. There we go. That they brought them out. And I was, I thought they were really, really cool looking. Oh, yeah. You always see them in Clone Wars. You always see them in, you know, rebels or whatnot. They had a, they have a really distinct look and I thought they did a great job of bringing them to life. So I popped for that <laughs> as well, seeing them come to life. But are his actions going to come back and haunt him? Because that's a powerful enemy hmm. to make. Interesting. So, yeah, I think you're right. I th- but I, I have to comment real quick on the spice trade because we all know that this, in, it, in its essence, is just Dune. <laughs> and yeah, they have yes. to bring up spice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, when they're like, it's like, so you trading spice? I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. never heard of spice. Is this, Overfed in the house of trading? <laughs> so what's going yeah, on? Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I, I thought that was a cool moment and it makes you question, you know, cause I mean, I, you know, Bill, you brought up a good point with, with um, possibly the Sam Raiders coming back to help him out at some point, but then also are his actions trying to help them out are going to, are they going to come back and bite him? Mm-hmm. So that, cause you know, if you're running an underworld organization, you're going to encounter the pikes at a certain point. They are such yeah. a big underground um, underground force to be reckoned with. So that's going to be interesting to see if they touch that line later. But it's interesting uh, because if we're going with old school, if we're talking gangsters here, the, he did like, okay, they have to pay the, they have to pay the toll here, but he didn't murder them. He could have executed them, mm-hmm. but he didn't. He yeah. didn't. So, so you're like, what's his the, line? I, I a job ruled with fear. I intend to rule with honor. Respect. 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 Same shit. It's a Peaky Blinders, so, thing, right, Ben? It's basically Peaky Blinders, right, Ben? Basically, this is all Peaky Blinders. This is this is just Peaky Blinders season. We six. just move on and talk about what we really want to talk about. <laughs> if I was caught up with it, we would do a whole we'd have a whole podcast about it, but I'm not I don't. Uh but I I like that. I like the like because that is like such again, I just think back to Boardwalk Empire, because that's the most recent gangster thing I watched. I'd be besides Peaky Blinders season one three times. Um it's like um they, it's just like, oh, this person and this, it's all about who, 
who'd you make mad? Who did you help randomly that you can call on to help you out? Or who's going to become your enemy or the person who helped you at this season? Are they going to be your enemy next season? So I think that's, that's super interesting. Like I, I, I can see that now it, it makes me even more excited to see what's going to happen in future episodes. So I, I, I liked that to me, the, the past and the, the, the kind of the, the revisit and going back in the dreams helped drive the story forward. It, it opened possibilities and I felt like it was more useful than episode one was. So you got to see him, how he got in the garb. I feel like it was very felony uh, in a way, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the whole, the samurai look, him making his own club, which I thought that was a neat little touch. I mean, it went a little long for me. It was a tiny bit long, but I was like, how cool does that? I mean, it has meaning. Yeah. So it, that, that was a really neat surprise. I actually, I enjoyed that detail. Um, but I, I felt like it was very, and, and I feel like it, this also with the dream sequence, even though that, that freaked me out with the lizard, by the way, I was like, Whoa, was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you've never had a salamander crawl up your nose. Either. Oh no! As far as I know, no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a Texas thing, honestly. Me too. Uh, ours, well, yeah, well, that, that, that it would be that. like a Texas salamander. Well, right? Ben, you lived in Arizona, so maybe you know. Maybe that's a, that's a Sonoma thing. <laughs> never happened. Never happened. Sure, not people go out in the desert and hallucinate, but it's not based off of. Yeah. Like a you went to a lot of EDM concerts. I feel like you took <laughs> salamander up the nose once or twice. Anyway, <laughs> Al, take hold of this podcast. No, no. I was going to say. I mean, I'm glad you brought. I'm glad Amanda, you brought that up because it, it as I said before, and uh, I said I sent to Bill. I I, I will mention this because he's a, a a Twitter friend of mine and and one of my like favorite oh, people on the like, planet. That's like not me. I'm like yeah, it's not you. Uh, the comic <laughs> book writer Dan Slot, who I absolutely adore, and uh, we are uh, friendly on Twitter. Um, he, on the podcast. I I can I will make that happen at some point. He wrote. And he wrote, the second episode of the Book of Boba Fett is more Star Wars than Star Wars. It is the Star Warsiest Star Wars of them all. If you cut it, it would bleed Star Wars. And then that blood would grow into a new Star Wars. To sum up, Star Wars, Star Wars, Tusken Raider, yell, Star Wars. That's a great tweet because a that's how I felt. Like, it's true. When, when they do that dream sequence, I'm like, this is, this is uh, Empire. Like I, I was getting like so many like different vibes, but at the same time, it still felt fresh and new while doing all these really cool callbacks, bringing in, um, you know, BK, who is a newer Star Wars creation, right? He's from the newer comics. He's not an older character, unless he is, and they only brought him to the comics later. Has he been in, a, in the extended you for a long time? That I don't know. I only know him from the Darth Vader, a, a little the Darth while. Vader well, comics. He wasn't in the pre. I want to say he's in some short stories. He may well. have been, but I'm saying like they're just like picking and choosing all these different areas of of the Star Wars universes and canons that have been created throughout the last few decades, and I just love that. I love that they they're not they're not doing fan service. They're doing fan service for themselves. Like they're not doing fan service for us in that sense. Like they're really like what would be cool? Like it's, I can't explain it any other way, but like you, as, as, as Amanda said, like it's very felony. Like you feel all that love that he put into the clone wars. You feel that with every ounce of the show and just, and Mando the same way. And I, you know, if they do this with every star Wars show from Disney plus, we are going to constantly be happy. <laughs> like there's no way they can upset us. Cause they're doing there. You can feel the love with every, frame of the show especially in the second episode 
Ben, what was your thoughts on uh, the episode episode two as compared to episode one? I mean, you also owe me a review, so please uh, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well start it right now, Ben. He's going to open your paragraph. Uh, but like Bill had mentioned, like Star Wars has always been regarded as a space Western at its heart. So this episode really perfectly encapsulates that. You have like a bar brawl that breaks out. You've got a train robbery that happens. There's like a montage about them learning how to ride, like, speeders instead of horses but yeah. still ride there's like a, a blacksmith basically thing going on where they're making the staff so it's it's a western and it's it's yeah. cool in that respect I, I did like it a lot more in the first episode i don't know that i'm as in love with it as everybody else seems to be even though i did enjoy it the big action set piece you know the train aspect was a lot of fun to watch i did have like some f- funny things like to me in regards to that if you guys go back and rewatch it like you probably want to do You'll notice that like the Tuscan Raiders and the people on the train that Amanda named that I don't know what they're called again, but Pikes. Pikes. Cool. So they're the best shots in history. They're sniping yes. each other from a crazy distance on a moving speeding train <laughs> a small window. They're the exact opposite of what the stormtroopers are. They're the most accurate people <laughs> in the history of Star Wars. And my only thought when I was watching this is like if the Empire or the Jedi, like the rebels could have like got them to their side, this shit would have been over like in a week. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. instead you've got these inaccurate <laughs> people running around with blasters. So I was... <laughs> I was kind of laughing through like what I thought was like a fun like action sequence. Oh, uh, totally, man! It, yeah. it blew me away a little bit. So I had like <laughs> like little pieces like that that were kind of gripes. And then this the speeding train that's been going through the desert, you know, for how many miles and kilometers or whatever that it's been going, but then all of a sudden, like when it stops, like the sand people are there. But to my knowledge, they just ride these really slow moving banthas. So like, how the hell did they get there so fast? I was nitpicking like all these weird aspects of it, but I still. I enjoyed the episode for what it was. I thought it was fun, but I'm also still in the camp where I'm kind of, I feel like you've run your arc with the Tuscan Raiders at this point. And I'm hoping that we're going to get to a point where it's instead of 15 minutes of present day, which I'm a little bit more interested in. And I want like the vast majority of the episode to be dedicated to like present day what's going on. Cause I feel like there's more that I'd rather see there. Yeah. I agree with you, Ben, for sure. Like that, Definitely. that, that is something I'm hoping it served its purpose. Um, come back. I think, uh, I think where we left off with him, like he's, he's in the the outfit, he's got the staff and it's like, now you need to go find your costume. Well, actually yeah. now you have to go find Fennec and then you have to go Fennec. find yeah. your costume. Right. So what, what does that entail? And I feel like that, like that's, I, I feel this, uh, it's sure it's not going to happen because I'm usually wrong, but I feel like that's, they're going to take a whole episode. And I feel like, the next episode could be dedicated to the hut twins and like they're like it's in this book we have that we're taking over okay what's this all about you need to explain that so we can get a whole thing about this world let's explore what jennifer beals is doing yeah. uh let, let let's get into the mayor i think you see that and i think fennec is an episode two down the road you might, I, I want to see them wean themselves off the flashbacks because you don't need much more except him for that's, finding yeah. slave one, I guess. Um, just finding a ship, that's about it. We don't need yeah. we don't need much more of that. Let's get into the heart of the matter. And I think it's more interesting because now it's like think about that one scene with the hut twins on which i thought it was hilarious watching those guys like holding it like jesus christ yeah. it's going to break it's just a conversation bad. it was great um but it's just like these twins which looked like they were conjoined like it was like 
like what's this about what's this like they were talking about the huts in this like basically a hutiverse or whatever like this whole thing they have going on right now it's like it was like something like that but then there's like they're talking about gladiators and arenas and then bk shows up and you're like okay this is a whole side of this story we none of us know mm-hmm. let's explain this and then let's get into some old school crime shit like where we're gonna start talking about like okay people are paying him protection he's got to protect people or you know he's gonna start you know doing some some gangster stuff like let's get into that and then we could still spike in a little bit of the past and i think that was what was really worked in this episode is like the western the obvious western like when he is pulling the speeders behind him i'm like I get it. They're supposed to be horses. They're horses. <laughs> I, I get it. I've seen a million westerns. I grew up on them. My dad was old. I get it. I've seen a million John Wayne movies. The best. And then it's like, I get it. They're shooting off the train. It's like they're shooting Buffalo. That scene with the baths. Like it was very, very painfully obvious, but not painfully, but it was very obvious. But I liked that whole thing felt better and i still think if you put those two episodes together we have a different opinion of the show because it works so well because now we see him teaching them and he's made this move how is this going to affect his move in it the action scene was great uh this kind of like warrior sand person with the dreads like it's like okay like is that person's coming back obviously to help him and now we have a little bit more. We met the mayor and the mayor's like, okay, yeah. You think I sent this person? I didn't send it. Go talk to Jennifer Beals. You know, let's, let's find out what's going on there. Cause I don't know her name. Um, the best scene I think though, and Fennec did it was when they sent the assassin into the rancor pit and uh, the rancor pit. And I'm, yes. like, oh, I'm just like, this is so good. Dude, he's dead. And then they're slowly opening. I'm like, could they have put him? Yeah. And then it's just like, she's like, there's nothing in there. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> God damn it. That, that was, was gold. So she yeah. had the best that line to me because she was uh she was talking about you know the assassin and she was like, uh, they're totally overrated. It's like really you're just paying for the name. And it was like that is a great so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. Get the best some, dialogue. Some douche on Twitter. Yeah. Like, it's like this show, you know, and it's like, oh, you're wrong. <laughs> dumb dumb. Um and you know what? I I think Bill, you brought it up somehow, but in I the first do. episode, oh yeah, because of like you're like, I want the gangster, but, you know, we're getting the the good guy, the good Boba Fett, right? It, it's that scene where they're fighting in the first episode where they're, um, where they encountered that, like, sand monster guy, right? But right before that, he, he talks to the other prisoner. He's like, you, like, why did you do that? Like, we could have escaped. Like, why did you do that? And it's, and then, you know, he ends up saving the little kid or whatever, like, it really did a kind of an organic way of like, oh, instead of me trying to run away from these people and have nothing, maybe I can learn something from them. Maybe I can be a part of it. Like he just like evolved very quickly and it didn't feel Adapt or rushed. Die. Adapt or die. Yeah. Adapt or die. That's a nice preview for uh, our Moneyball podcast. That's going to happen in, in <laughs> 10 episodes. <laughs> A nine, so so per, like the nine-person Moneyball podcast, hundredth <laughs> episode, baby, hundredth episode. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Train wreck. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait. It's going to be the dumbest decision we've ever made. Uh, but anyway, um, let, let's let's you know we kind of already started like 
tinfoil hatting this a little bit, but let's talk about what what else do we want to see in this? We get how many episodes again? Is it is it seven? Only six? I thought oh, seven. 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 Great. Seven. Think it so takes let's this just Super Bowl week. Okay. This is probably more exciting than the Super Bowl, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> if it's another of our teams are making it, so it's okay. Yeah, I was about to say. And we're yeah. never. Uh, they're never Lowered expectations. <laughs> there you go. Seven, that should be the theme of this podcast. <laughs> True. Five, five more episodes left. Um, what do you want to see? It could be one thing, could be a bunch of things. Like, what do you want to see in these five episodes? Now you can kind of start to see where they're going with it. Um, I will start with Ben. Like, what do you want to see? What, what would make you like happy? Well, I think there was a line um, as they were, as Fett was talking with the uh, the huts, and then uh, he was consulting. He was like, well, I, th- "I think Fennec had said if we want to kill him, like we have to get permission because they're like they're huts." Yes, so, like, who, he did say that. That was like a cool line, and that's definitely in like Bill's regard. Like that's gangster stuff. So it was like, "All right, well, who do you get permission from to take them out? Like, how does that conversation take place? Are you going to f- actually leave this planet like on your ship and go talk to somebody and work out some kind of side deals and then kind of come back? Like, I'm hoping that it advances beyond just Tatooine and we get to see a little bit more outside of this world. And and as I mentioned before, I hope it moves towards like present day far more than it does like all the, you know, the backstory type stuff. But oh, I mean, and also I, I do feel like the Tusken Raiders are going to come back and, and side with him and back him in some big battle towards the end and they're going to make the difference. So it's all Absolutely. supposed to come full circle, I'm sure. Uh, just question. You don't want to see the Wookiee a lot more. I, I have questions because I'm now going to bring this back to Solo. Did will we get Amelia Clark as the person they have to get permission from? Hmm. I thought about this. Is too. Amelia Clark? Like, is it, is it, is it, is it, like I remember her Ka- name. Quara, Kara, Quara, something with Kara, a Q. Kara, Kara, I think Kara. it's a Kara or something. Kara. So because you got that, and then it was um it was Vision was there, but he died in solo. He right? very much died. Very much died. Mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson still alive. Is Woody Harrelson still alive. Mm-hmm. I like him better. <laughs> I, I like Woody. Har- so Amelia Clark, Woody Harrelson, like, could they be getting permission from? No, Woody Harrelson oh. died too. Did he? Oh, no, I he can't... died too. I he thought. died too. I saw it once. It was years ago. Why? It's a good movie. It's I better. Know the reason. I'm busy. Yeah, he did die. Is that the connection with Han Solo then? Like somehow. Well, the yeah, because I've be. heard they could bring. I've heard they could bring the guy who played Han and so uh, It'd be easier to get him than it would be to get you know Harrison Ford. I'm sure. It's, yeah, because he's like, he'll be yeah. a lot older, but um, it's not Billy D because he was obviously a good. He was part of the Rebel Alliance. Obviously, we are getting like, something Lando though. Yeah, but if it, we're talking about things we are actually getting, they are. They told us we're getting a Lando. Yeah, something. but he was. But like, if you're going like the story, the timeline, he was. He was in the Alliance. He was in the Rebel Alliance still. He wouldn't be a gangster. Yeah. So no. it could. But be, how old would uh, Kiara would be? Older, like Harrison Ford age. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, listen, yeah. fucking make like it Return of the make Jedi, it, Harrison, make it Helen Mirren. Age yeah, oh, Mirren. come yeah. on, that's not would would not line up at all. But uh, yes, <laughs> that's why awesome. Would that not, why would that not line up? Because that's not the right age. It needs to be like like early third, like late thirties, early forties. No, 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 no. it's, it's Han, Return of the Jedi. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the crime lord they have to go to now in this timeline to get 
No, that would be Han Solo aged now. Ne- oh, shit. That's right. I love Sorry. how it took you a little bit to get there. It did, but it got, it got, it got there. I'm, I'm here like, for anything. Anything else? I think it got there. It could be, it could be, I think you just you just age up Amelia Clark. I think. Yeah, I think that's how you go. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's a good. That's a good guess. I'm, I'm going to say mine real quick before you get to Amanda. So Two bad. words: Cobb Van. There. Cobb Van. That's all I care about. Give me some more Cobb Van. I love that man. I thought we would get him in episode one. Remember where they're like outside, and I was like, "Oh, is Cobb Van there?" And I was like, "Oh, fuck, it's just some." No, I think if we're not going to get him in like the flashbackian kind of way. Which wouldn't make sense. Like it's such a weird concept that we're seeing him go through the motions to get to a point we saw him at, right? So it's like, how do they incorporate him? I think they have to incorporate him in the present day in some way. Um, isn't he like the fucking marshal of that place? So like, but not uh, that. different town. Different town. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Because remember, he's got like a desert outpost. That's like a metropolis. Like that's like yeah, a city. And I guess the effects on that city are awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. But yeah. he's, okay. like, he's like in a mining town, essentially. Bring him back. Right. Bring him back some way. That's all I care about. I would love I to mean, see that. Of course. It, that would make sense to bring him back because, yeah. I mean, somehow you're going to have to explain how did he get the armor? You know? Well, he I got mean, it. They, they explained it. He got they it. Explain. it off yeah. some. Uh, but they, they maybe in flashbacks, they're going to have to they're exactly. gonna have to reference it. Either way, you can bring him back. Do it. I love him. Please do it. Um, Amanda, what do you want to say? I want to go with something a little out there. I really would love to see Cad Bane. Cad Bane. That would be fucking he's awesome. One, he's one that I could Bill, say. I'm going to show you Cad Bane. I'm just like, oh. you better both like, what? Like, cool, yeah, Cad Bane. Absolutely. Well, because I mean, if, if you're going to have, yeah, if you're going to have like an all out, because I feel like it's building towards that, you're going to have an all out with the Hut twins. You're going to have, again, they, they've got muscle. I mean, they brought in BK. You know, so so if you're hiring top notch, top level bounty hunters, you're gonna have to. If you say top level, who's one of the best bounty hunters out there? To me, Cad Bane. My favorite bounty hunter, Cad Bane. So he's That's a star. He's see. a he's a Clone Wars um, from from the Filoni Clone he's Wars. He's in. Show. Um, he's in um, the new one, the new cartoon that just came out. The um, Rebels. Yeah. Bad Batch. No, Bad, um, Bad, Bad Batch. Batch. Yeah. So yeah, I know yeah, it's exactly all what I mean, That's the. That's Him the Filoni-verse. Yeah, and, and Fennec, you already have that encounter. She was also in the Bad Batch. So yeah. it would make sense to... Who, wait, who do you That's who see? I want to see. Who do you want to play Cad Bane? Uh, me. It's so hard. You know, the funny thing is, I'm kind of sad that they used Timothy Oliphant for Cobb Vanth because I think, looks-wise, I think he could have pulled off Cad Bane because he has that same kind of physique in the height. Yeah. Because um, of the, the makeup, the make, I think like Doug Jones would crush it. Yeah. Oh, Interviewed on he, What are the two names you're floating? I keep getting like a pan pam thing. I can't really tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cobb Cobb Vanth is yeah. um Timothy Olfant's character that was introduced. He's yeah. the one who has the Boba Fett. Gotcha. Cad Cad C A D Bane is okay. a bounty hunter from the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch, and I guess Rebels too. He's and, been in all the Filoni stuff. And he has a tie. Cad Bane has a tie with um, back in the Clone Wars with um, trying to get the other hut out. Zor- is it was it Zorro? The hut? Or Zorro? They have like a, a mutual like a there mutual was a tie there. Yeah, they have tie. a mutual connection through another hut that, that, that they had. He was paid to get out of prison in one of the arcs. And I'm saying the name wrong. I know with that hut, I'm going to probably, people are going to be like, why are you saying it wrong? Obviously. But, 
Yeah, it's a, but there's a hut connection there already previously. Mm-hmm. And again, you've got the tide of Fennec, so the, the run-in already. So I would love to see Cad Bane show up. And I'm still, he's such a hard one to cast because I've been asked that question too. And I'm like, I really, I have to go through and think about it a little bit. But I think Timothy Oliphant could have done a decent job because he's got to look for it. But it, it'll it, be. It makes sense for them to <laughs> continue introducing Clone Wars characters, right? So yeah. in season two, we have Ahsoka. Um, the, the, the mention of the big bad um, for either, you know, probably for the Ahsoka yeah. series as well. Um, it just makes sense, right, to just keep introducing not only characters in this established universe, but fan favorite characters, like like people will pop for, uh, as you guys taught me uh, the last time you guys were on. Um, but we, yeah, I, I think that's a great, That's I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. I think that would be phenomenal. Um, did we go through everyone on this for... Uh, what they want to see. I just jumped in and said it. You did. Yeah. Is it Cobb Vanth? Then I don't care. No, I, I mean, literally I, just I mean <laughs> first off, that's a, that's a, that's a given. That's a, it is a given. But I, I do think Amelia Clark's character could be the yes. one we're going to, that's what I want to say. I would love for that to, to bring it full circle with, uh, and bringing solo because that's often a forgotten movie. That's like, mm-hmm. we're bringing that in back into the universe. I think it will work really well. Yeah. Um, Let's get into our ratings for the first two episodes. We've already talked about how much we like both, so we don't have to go crazy. Bill, do we have anything good in terms of a rating scale? <laughs> no, I don't have anything. Just I know. Because um, I feel like 10 Sarlaccs is too much. Like, you know what I mean? About huts. That's a lot of Sarlaccs. Ten huts. Oh, Ten huts. huts? That's Ten huts. huts, yeah. There's a lot of huts. All right, I like that. Let's, we'll, we'll do it on a hut scale for now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll just call it the right. hot scale from now. The hot scale, guys. It's All the right. hot scale. So, um, give us your rating on episode one and episode two. Um, if you want to go into any details that we haven't already talked about on either episode, more than welcome. Uh, but yeah, your general rating. I'll go quick. I won't go into any other details. I'm gonna say episode one. I give it a six out of ten huts. I thought it was a very poor episode one, but if you do link it as like a two parter, I think it makes it way better. Um, episode two, that's high for me. I, I'm going to go nine and a half huts. That means they cut a hut in half with a lightsaber. Um, or one of those, uh, I don't know what those sticks are called, but that, those things are awesome. Um, yeah, nine and a half huts. Cause that episode was perfect to me. I really thought that was great. Uh, Ben. Yeah. I'm with you on like the, maybe the six hut for the first episode. I'm probably more in like the eight range on the second so eight, eight huts for the second. I'm hoping that there's going to be like episodes that we're going to be like, oh, this is way better than than two was. And I think that's going to come hopefully when we get more into present day stuff. I, I feel for me that the, the second episode is while like giving, you know, a little more of like like introducing the huts and BK and all that kind of stuff. All the stuff with the Tuscan Raiders that like it felt to me like that breakout episode of um true detective where they had the oneer you know what i mean like it just i they felt it's so it felt so strong to me yeah definitely felt strong the force is strong because this, this camera just froze uh, I, I really <laughs> really just true detective season one again anyway I <laughs> uh bill uh for me yeah the episode one is definitely a six that like i said it broke all the to me as a premiere just didn't didn't hit 
Um, but it's uh, it's much better in episode two. Uh, and what I said on TV break was as much as I had so many faults with the premiere, like this is a great team that knows what they're doing. There's great directors lined up. I have faith that they're going to do better. And that's why I give an eight to the second episode, because I thought it was exponentially better. We had there's so much more interesting things, so many more questions I have, so many more things I want to learn about it. I want to learn about this this hut gangster dynasty dynasty. It looks great. Uh, and like, and that's a classic gangster trope. It's just like, well, here's the new big bad, like in Peaky Blinders. Uh, I've, I've, I've read about it. I keep wanting to bring Ben back in because Ben's like, oh, God damn it, guys. Uh, but it's, but you know, it's like, Season two, I mean, sorry, episode two was just like so much more action packed. It meant something. I felt there was more meaning and more emotional connection uh, that I could get between Boba and the and and the Tuscan Raiders. It was great. Um, yeah, it was more. It was a lot more fun, and I look forward to episode three now because I'm like, okay, now we're off to the races. Now this is the show I want to watch, as opposed to episode one where I was like, uh, wow, that was a letdown. But but I felt like it was a letdown because they had to get the question out of the way. So. That's how I felt about it. I feel like you get the six on episode one just for like the Starlight Pit opening. And exactly. that Starlight Pit opening yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Claustrophobic as hell. Never ever want to be in that. And then when he rips the the, the thing out of the, the stormtrooper to get oxygen, I'm like, oh, see, no one's ever done that. That's clever. He's uh, a smart so man. I think that leaves it to Amanda. Um. So I'm gonna give the first episode like. I, I'm going to give it a five and a half huts. Um, it was good. It was good. I give the Sarlacc. Hand, the hand of the Sarlacc was amazing. I thought that was really, really great. That was probably other than kind of the, the last part of the episode. Those are my two favorite spots. Um, I felt like the storytelling game was a little bit too slow for me. Um, but I feel like I it made up in episode two. Episode two was kind of the pacing I would have liked for episode one. Um, so I'm going to give episode two an eight and a half and eight and a half huts. Um, and there was some, some of the storytelling about a hair too long, but it was so, it was purposeful. And that's what I, I liked about it. I wanted the flat, the flashbacks to me, if you're going to, if you're going to go that route, they should have meaning. You should be able to tie them to present day. You should be able to tie them to present events. And I felt like the flashbacks in episode two were much more meaningful and much more purposeful than episode one. And that's why I gave those a little, that rating a little bit lower because if they had pushed more purposeful flashbacks, I would have, it would have been a six for me. Um, And just episode two just made me super excited to see what's going to happen. And they brought in some, some more obscure characters. You know, it's not, main it's not the uh mainstream characters you know it's definitely for the, the 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 books the book readers the comic books um so i like that nice tie-in and it's just yeah it's just you're looking at this going you're you're everything that you're doing or that you did in the past is going to come back and get you in some way shape or form so i kind of want to see where that goes and again i want to see fennec come in her come into her own and that's also why for me episode one didn't get as much of a, a yeah. higher rating for me because I needed more Fennec. Shouldn't have much. A little bit. I just, she's so underutilized at this point. Fantastic she, actress. Just, I loved her. I mean, I loved her. Even when she showed up in Bad Batch, I popped. You know? man, I, <laughs> I was like, it. I loved her. 
Um, I loved Armando. I mean, just just give us more Fennec. I know they will, but I just still want more Fennec. She's, she's so the cool. muscle they have to. Like at this yeah. point, he's the only thing that's a threat, really, like from his side. So yeah, it's like if you think about it, like his gang, like his army is her and two big guys. Yeah, although yeah, I would be much more like torn up, I think, if they kill off one of those guys at this point than like anybody else on the show. Because so, I feel like they're brothers oh. and they're like, oh, you know, I hope they live through the whole thing. Well, they're loyalty. Oh, they're totally they're loyalty, not. man. They just like probably one just, of them will die, and it'll be like the most depressing episode of the whole series. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I know. I'm not ready for. That. I'm already attached yeah. to him. Like oh. exactly. See, well, they're great. It was characters. like it was like Tormund in Game of Thrones. I'm like, this son of a bitch can't yes. die. <laughs> you know what they're yes. kind of doing? It's funny because like with this show, like uh, you got Boba Fett as a character. He was just kind of this background person. He really didn't give much thought to, and then now he has his own show. But in reality, it's it's those two guys' show. Like I'm only watching at this point because. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're the background characters that oh. I really came to see. I love I mean, it. They don't even have, have names. <laughs> they're like Damarian one and two. Well, and and I have to give credit to Finnick because as soon as she said like you know she brought up the whole point about sparing them, I was like it's it's true. I mean, well, executing, but at the same time, it's like their loyalty though. I mean, questioning that, I'm like, but they just jumped from one to the other without questioning. So like, if you're loyal to two masters and they're dead. I mean, you, you you have that strong loyalty anyway. So I'm like, that's a good employee. <laughs> you want to yeah, carry yeah. them over to the next. They clearly got nothing going on, you know. Yeah, they... and they've been to their credit. They've been defending Boba. Yeah, yeah. They could turn on him, but they've been yeah. defending Boba. They just dragged his limp body back. There also, that, you know, there also has to be something to staying within the same organization. Like, does their PTO yeah. like carry over? You think? Yeah, I mean. Obviously, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they, they got vision and dental, so they they, they can't. Yeah. They definitely retirement vesting. <laughs> definitely need dental. Um, all right, well, um, that is going to wrap it up for um, this <laughs> the first episode of the new year, the first episode of our Boba Fett Boba Fett Book of Boba Fett review series, and uh, I think the only way to end it is with uh, some plugs. Amanda, I'm going to start with you since you were the last one to speak. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Tell us all about what you're doing in the wrestling world and yeah. uh, anything else you want to plug. Um, well, definitely want to plug Mission Pro. We have our next show, Crazy Train, January 29th. If you're in the Texas area, we are in Conroe, Texas at the Southern Star Brewery. If you haven't been to the Southern Star, it's really good beer. And it's just a really cool looking brewery. Um, and everyone there is super, super nice. Uh, if you cannot, come, if you can't come in person, you can stream us on Title Match Network. So we have... Um, a great card already shaping up. So check us out. Um, I already know the championship match is going to tear the house down with Hala Dead and La Rosa. That's going to be, it's going to be straight fire. Two, be, know two people know what that means. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, good. Yeah. Banger after banger as Hala Dead says. So, um, so that's, that's my plug for Mission Pro. Follow us on all of our socials. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We have YouTube as well. So um, and again, if you have a talent match subscription, check out some of our past shows. They are fantastic. We had a great 2021. So that's Mission Pro. And I am on IG at Amanda Lorian doing Amanda Lorian things, wearing, you know, I'm a big nerd. So anime, Star Wars, Marvel, <laughs> just sharing my normal adventures there. So, um, and again, it's, it's an honor to be here and I'm excited. I always love coming on here with you guys and chatting nerd stuff. So thank y'all for having me. Thank Absolutely. You. Anytime. Uh, ben, where can people find you and all of your great writing? 
crying Still? about the, the Washington football team. <laughs> Where can people see you cry about the Washington football team and Peaky Blinders? <laughs> <laughs> he never cries about that show. I don't well, cry about it. Uh, ang- angry tweets about Washington football team and all other things sports related uh, on Twitter at BD Murkison. Um, Instagram is all hiking me on a mountain at BD Murkison as well. Uh, I'll have a review for this episode two that we just talked about publishing pretty soon. So I got to get back to writing that. And um, then, yeah, in the future, look forward to talking about Peaky Blinders a lot. Yeah. Someone, yeah. anyone that'll listen to me. <laughs> you will, my friend. Don't worry. Al, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I don't know why they would want to, but if you want to. That's my line, by the way. At Al Matarino on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram, very slow right now. Have not posted a lot of photos because apparently there's more variants and uh, live events are going to go down the tube again. Sorry. Uh, Very pessimistic about it. Very upset. Yeah. Twitter, however, uh, I'm posting a lot of stuff from my, my job, but also just a lot of pop culture stuff. Um, a lot of Moneyball memes. Great. You know, follow at Moneyball memes. On, oh, the on, best on Twitter. It's great. The best Twitter follow, man. Like, that's who we're going to. We should find the guy who does that and get him on that podcast. I think that's super simple. And I think we really need to do it. I think you should handle that, which means I I'm, can do it. I mean, I'm going to have to do it. I got it. Uh as for me, just cutting Al off like I always do, I am at Bodkin Writes, a W-R-I-T-E-S on Twitter. Um, I It's it's a horrible account to follow, but it's uh, mostly me just talking about wrestling and, but most importantly, retweeting stuff from thepopbreak.com. We're entering year 13. How could I lose more money by entering year 13? It's going to be great, guys. Um, yeah, thepopbreak.com. Every single day we're talking about movies, television, music, uh comic books, uh, pro wrestling, anime, um, video games, all sorts of stuff, digital trends. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the pop break. Follow us on Instagram at the pop break. Of course, that's slow as well, just because concerts are slow right now. But yeah, follow the pop break. Of course, rate, review, and subscribe uh, to the Socially Distanced Podcast. And you can follow all the pop break uh, podcasts, which is the Breakcast, Pop Break TV, and the winner still is in the way too early Oscar podcast on all your favorite podcasts. Uh, uh, podcasting platforms. So Al, send us home. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Social Distance Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. And we will see you next week with some more Book of Boba Fett. Take care. <laughs>